listening to Inside Healthy Teams by Apricot Consulting, a series that draws on the experience of experts to unearth the principles of personal and team leadership. For more information, go to apricotconsulting.us. Welcome to Inside Healthy Teams from Apricot Consulting, revealing conversations with execs designed to provide leaders practical insights and behaviours to build organisations that lead to commercial and social outcomes. I'm your host, James McHugh. I'm the Head of Corporate Social Impact at Apricot Consulting, and today I'm joined by Fiona McDonald. Fiona is the Director of Trades Women Australia. Trades Women Australia is a not-for-profit organisation that brings industry and tradespeople together to create awareness and support for women working in male-dominated trade industries. Women currently represent only 2% of the Australian trades workforce. And so Trades Women Australia's goal is to increase uh, female participation to ensure true diversity, inclusiveness and equity are achieved. So thanks for joining us, Fiona. Our topic of discussion today is empowering women in construction, a really key topic given the disparity of genders and a huge government investment nationally. So Fiona, with only 2% of women represented in the trades workforce, why is that the case? And what are the largest barriers for women getting into trade? Well, thank you so much for having me on the show, James. I really appreciate it. Um, Look, the 2% number has been around for decades. So unfortunately, we haven't seen the dial move up for a very long time. And that's for a number of reasons. There's programs that come and go, lack of funding and investment in this area, and also lack of awareness and campaigning to encourage women to access trades as well. That's a huge issue that we face. A couple of years ago, we did about three research reports on why women chose trades as career paths. And many of them advised us that they selected a trade career path if they had a family member or a friend who was working in the industry. And that's the only way they got career advice about those opportunities. So it was quite disappointing to see that, you know, a volume of women are making decisions to pursue other career paths and then either meeting people later in life and then doing the transition from whatever they're doing back into trade or, you know, they're going to to work with their father or their grandfather or their mother who's a tradeswoman and that's how they're picking up the skills and the knowledge about the sector as well. We also see a preference towards those trades that are you know, portrayed on TV, so building construction. And when Kylie Minogue was a mechanic on Neighbours, there was a huge uplift in women entering mechanics as well, funny enough. So there you go. There you go. There you go. And you're clearly very passionate about supporting women in trade. Where did this passion start for you? Well, my passion is close to my heart because I'm a tradesperson myself. So I pursued a career in the automotive industry and I landed into an automotive apprenticeship. And I say landed because I never got career advice to pursue a trade myself. And I actually spoke to a career advisor when I was looking at making decisions leaving high school and they suggested that, you know what, Fiona, if you want to do something practical and you want to do something with your hands, go take a look at this great university course called Interior Design. So off I went to Interior Design, of course. Interior Design, yes. (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, funny enough, I just realised it wasn't for me and it wasn't what I wanted to do. 
And I always had a passion for the building construction sector and I really wanted to get into that industry. So during university, I had a part-time job uh, where I made coffees and mechanics would often come into the cafe where I was working. And once a mechanic came in and said, you know, want my regular latte and Fiona, do you have any male friends looking for an apprenticeship? And, you know, I was frothing away at the milk and I was thinking about it and I was like, oh, that would be, you know, something I'd love to give a go. Yeah. So I asked if he'd consider a woman and he said, look, yeah, send her down. And I went down there the next day with my resume. I started my two-week trial straight away against three other young male apprentices. And by the end of my trial, I got the job over all of them and I, I stayed there and finished my apprenticeship. So there you go. That It's a brilliant story. It's a brilliant story. And uh, what I suppose, so from your career as a mechanic, what were the key stages in your career and how did they, I suppose, becoming a voice for women in trades? Yeah, so I think the first realisation that I was probably, you know, different and the only one or woman I knew doing it was when I went to trade school and I walked into the building at Box Hill Institute and it combines all trades. It has your plumbing apprentices, carpentry apprentices, mechanics. There's, you know, four or 500 students in the one spot. And I walked in there and, you know, everyone was getting ready to go to the classes and every single head in the space just turned to look at me. So it's this little blonde chick walking around in a pair of overalls and, you know, it, it was really uncomfortable. Like I just, anywhere I went, I could feel eyes burning into the back of me. So, you know, just that feeling. And when I got to the class, there was no other women. I did about two years of trade before I met another female mechanic. And when I met her, we just jowled and we just, you know, could talk, car talk together as well as talking all our other hobbies that were very similar. And, you know, it was kind of great. We started catching up with other girls in carpentry and plumbing departments and we all kind of started meeting up on weekends and we kind of grew to this fairly large group of um, tradeswomen that were hanging out. And we thought this is, you know, we're all, we all love our jobs. We've got such rewarding careers and we're learning so much. We wish other women had this same opportunity and, you know, we wish we could have more women grow and become part of our group. So it's kind of where the foundation of Tradeswomen Australia began. It grew out of a passion from a bunch of women who were in the sector to, you know, encourage more women in the door and wanting to be leaders and mentors for those women. So that's, that's how it all came about. That's great. It's great. And you've started to touch on it a little bit already, but what have you found were the key challenges that you faced in being a, women, a woman in trade? And what are examples of what really good companies are doing to enable more women to pursue careers in both blue-collar and white-collar roles in construction? It's a really good question. So I guess for me, the challenges, um, I suppose, were being about being taken seriously by people that didn't know you. So, for example, there were times when our workshop would slow down and I might get sent to a different workshop to fill in for the day or a workshop would call up because we were European specialists, would call us up and say, we need a tech who can work on this beamer. Can you send someone out? And they would send me out and I would arrive and, you know, I would always get tested on my knowledge or tested on my skill set. And it was just that constant having to prove yourself, which builds up your resilience, but it does grow really, really tiring, especially when you're a qualified mechanic with years in the industry and you're, you're getting questioned by a young male apprentice who's just, you know, 
showing you the trying to show you the ropes. So I suppose um, in aspect that was my biggest challenge, and that translates across other women's experiences that we've worked with through the organisation. And um, we work with a number of women in the building construction construction sector, and some of the biggest barriers that they find are, you know, being taken seriously, and that accounts across to recruitment. So when you're actually applying for a job and you're competing for a role. Often women feel like they're getting left out or they're not being considered and that people are being employed who may not have as much experience or knowledge in the industry as them. And some of the reasons behind that that we've investigated and done roundtables on with women and with recruiters is the presumption that women are going to leave the industry to have kids, that they're not as committed as their male counterparts, that they're not going to be as strong enough. And all these things are absolutely completely untrue, but there's still that culture and perception of what a woman's role is in society that can really become a barrier for women who are trying to transition into this career or scale up and become leaders in the sector. Yeah, yeah, great. And um, what role do you see tradeswomen in Australia playing in the in the world of construction? You've sort of touched on it a little bit, but I really want to drill down on that point. Yeah, we want to raise awareness and the profile of women in trades and the plight. I mean, the 2% figure, it, it's got to change. It can't, it's not sustainable for our economy, especially with what we're experiencing right now, with which is massive skill shortages and a number of works in the pipeline. I mean, our organisation works across a lot of different sectors in trades, automotive, engineering, mining, um, renewable energies, but especially in the building construction sector, there's just so many projects coming up and we don't have enough workers. And if our borders don't open up and we we don't allow international workers back in, where are we going to look to for these new generation of tradespeople and for skilled workforces? And we're going to have to look outside of the classic um candidate that a lot of recruitment companies you know target and we need to start thinking about women and how we can support them to access and participate in trades so for for those that are listening to this podcast at the moment um, what would you suggest is the best way for them to get involved and to support female participation uh, you know at their organization So have a look at your current structure and your current processes to identify whether or not from top down you're supporting and promoting gender equity, that this is an issue at your forefront. Um, And then you need to really set the level and set the bar and be the voice for change. And we need a lot of people to come together and voice change for it to work. So if you're willing to step up and support more women to the industry, speak up say it, connect with organisations that will promote and elevate you in that space and make sure that you're openly encouraging more women to enter your workforce. And you can do that from a range of small little operational things like your website, promoting women on the front page, making sure that you're not uh, using gendered language in your job adverts. There's a whole range of stuff that you can do and there's lots of resources out there that you can access. Um, We even host a number of um, resources on our own website and you can get in touch with us as well if you do want to consider opening up your workforce and expanding its diversity. Yeah, certainly. And uh, Fiona, you know that there's a huge amount of infrastructure investments going on in particularly in Victoria but right through from Victoria and New South Wales 
Uh, how do you see social procurement targets playing a role in generating more female participation in trades? They're definitely important in creating new workers. So there's, I know there's targets around apprenticeships. Unfortunately, not as many targets on all projects for the number of women entering, um, which is really disappointing to see considering we're trying to move that 2% dial and, you know, there's so many really great skilled women out there who want the opportunity to work on these projects and, you know, queuing up at the door. So, look, I think the decision is up to the lead contractor sometimes and, you know, you've got to take on social responsibility in the community that you're working within. You know, your workforce should represent that community and the population of Australia is 51% women. Why not represent that equally across your workforce? It just gains you so much more respect amongst the people that you're working with and the people that you're working for, which, again, leads back into that community engagement piece. Great, great. And for executives and managers that are listening to this podcast right now, what's the one piece of advice that you would give them as they think about their organisation and the changes that they must make in order to create more opportunities for women in trades? I think if you can go down to the front line and talk to a couple people and find out what's going on, because you will see yourself straight away, whatever culture may be festering down there. And often organizations think that, you know, I don't need to monitor the frontline workers, which are our tradespeople. I don't need to gauge culture and their engagement at work. But it's actually really, really important because they're the foundations of our business and they're the ones out there representing us as an organisation. And if you have positive, inclusive, happy, safe culture, it doesn't just benefit women and open up the doors for women. It benefits the men who are already in the organisation and helps you retain them as well and grow them. So I think it's just, yeah, if I could give any advice, it would be go have a chat with some of your frontline workers, get your finger on the dial because it's the only way you're going to move it upwards and help us push forward and make sure that we rise above this 2% figure. Great practical advice. (laughs) And uh, Fiona, I just want to thank you for your insights today. Uh, And uh, I want to thank all our listeners for joining us on Inside Healthy Teams. Apricot works with organisations to architect behaviours that drives commercial and social outcomes. If you enjoyed today's podcast and wish to check out our other episodes, please rate and subscribe, or you can head to our website or social media to search for Apricot Consulting. Thanks, James. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for listening to Inside Healthy Teams by Apricot Consulting. We hope you found it helpful. And if you did, it would help us if you could rate and review this episode on your podcast platform and subscribe for more episodes. For more information, go to apricotconsulting.us.